Welcome to the Radical Middle Podcast, where we embrace tension and talk about the things you wish your church talked about. I'm your host, Tommy Nixon. As always, I'm here with my man, Freddie Romero. Now, what would it cost for the church to abandon their position on the left and the right? Now, this season is a little bit different. I'm sure you can see it already. One, we're using video. But I got two reasons, right? So the first one is I actually have a co-host now because... I figured I just couldn't carry it anymore on my own. You know what I mean? So I want to introduce everybody to Freddie Romero. This is my man right here. I'm so excited, bro, to have you uh, do this with me, man. So you excited? I'm excited to do this. I'm excited to get into these conversations, Tommy. I know. I think you're excited to front me, dude. I'm, I, don't, I don't know if I appreciate <laughs> that, bro. That. But the second one is you heard it from the intro. This whole season is about the radical middle. Now, what is the radical middle? If you haven't been following us on YouTube, we have a whole show, right? You've yeah, seen it. Yeah. I hope so. You've yeah. watched it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, you've been on a couple of those views. Okay. Absolutely. I appreciate you. So uh, it's all about the radical middle. Now, the radical middle is this. Just real breakdown for you. The radical is really talking about, right, those of us who follow Christ, mm-hmm. um, how radical can we actually be at living out these seasons of Jesus? And the middle, and please, please, please hear me say this. The middle is not centrist, okay? I know a lot of you out there. I know a lot of you out there are always like, oh, man, like make a decision. The middle is not centrist. The middle is actually a a coming together space where we can dialogue about the truth. Because as we're going to talk about today in the gray of relationships, right, it's it's a lot more complicated than just being black and white. And we'll get into that in a minute. But really, the the middle is this place of dialogue where we can enter into the tension together, figure out the best way to follow Christ so that we can bring healing and light to this world. And so that's kind of really what it's about. So again, if you haven't already, right, go check it out. We have a whole show um, on there. Just type in UIWI Radical Middle, check it out. I had a question that maybe other people might be having. And is that of all the things that Urban Youth Workers Institute could be doing (laughs) and all the resources um, that you guys could be coming up with or all the places you could invest your energy and time into, why is it essential? Like, as the CEO, Tommy yeah. <laughs> Nixon, why is it essential to dedicate a season to the radical middle? And why is it essential to have this conversation? Yeah, I mean, it's just such a great question. So really, it's because I was in a similar spot as you. You know, you have all these people asking you all these questions. But for 20 years, I, I when I was in my early 20s, I took the, the teaching of Jesus really seriously. And to be honest, the, all the issues that young people have with the church today, I had those 20 years ago. Hmm. And and what I did about it was, I remember I was complaining about the church and I'm praying to God about it. And God said to me, man, through the Holy Spirit and through his word, he was just kind of like, Tommy, you are the church. So yeah, you hmm. can complain all day about the institution and this person and that person, but you are the church. So why don't you go do something about it? And so I tried to live that out. I took one verse. I tried to keep the bar low. Love your neighbor <laughs> as yourself. I was like, okay, let's just take one verse and I'll try to live that out. And I tried to live that out for 20 years. And, and what we did is we started something called Solidarity. I had this whole community of people. We, we worked and lived in areas of, of poverty. And, we, and I, I just tried to suffer with people well for mm-hmm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. And in that, I ran into all this tension. I, I ran into tension of scripture and, and the tension of, of what the church was offering. I ran into the tension of, um, you know, what our laws were in this country and the plight of my neighbors. And a lot of that happened to be around immigration. And so as I entered into the suffering of other people, I realized it wasn't so black and white for how it was presented to me, right? Now, one of the th- reasons why we want to have these conversations is because everybody I talk to is like, 
well, I'm not fully this, but I'm not fully this. I don't know what to do. And what scares hmm. me and bumps me out is that young believers are just, they're giving up. Yeah. So they're going, oh, okay, I equate church and Jesus, and I equate the whole thing to this political party or this political movement or this leader. And when they let me down or they're not, you know, about what I'm about, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's so much more to that. Yeah. And the reality is the, the institution, and here, lose some listeners on this one, but Let's the go. institution really is built to keep people at a pretty um, immature level of Christianity. You're talking about the church. The church. In, yeah. yeah. The yeah. church is like built to be like, we, you know, you keep it easy so that people can come in. It's easy access. And right. then we give them a real simple gospel. And you're like, well, you don't want to go to hell, right? And you're like, oh, dude, I don't think so. And, and then so it's like, we'll do this, this, and this. When there's so much more, and then when you discover that Jesus is like this paradox, then you're kind of like, oh, there's more to this. Mm -hmm. And there's tension there. And so the reason why we're choosing to talk about it is how are we going to reach this whole next generation? How are our leaders going to reach them if they haven't even reconciled it themselves? If right. they have no place to go to go, hey, is it okay to ask these questions? Yeah. Hey, I'm wrestling with this too. Oh, shoot, you are too? Yeah, and then can we come together and... And really look through and dialogue through the truth to figure it out. So I'm just thinking through like watching your guys' video and the Radical Middle show. You do it so well. But one of the things that you do well is that you guys use humor. Yeah. I, I would have thought this would have been a very serious thing <laughs> to do. And so if anybody knows Tommy Nixon, you know that humor is a But why do you use humor? I feel like you're tackling very strong issues. Why use humor? Yeah, I mean, I think, it, and to be really honest, friends, it, and you watch the show, you know what I mean? We're experimenting. Like, we're really trying to figure out, because these conversations are so hard, and everything's in bite size, right? Like, even those of you listening to this podcast, you're like, I hope it's not too long, because mm -hmm. I, I just want it quick, and I, I want easy answers, and yet we're called into this relationship, which is deep and beautiful and, and complex, um, and so because of that, we, we use humor as a way to bridge some of that stuff. You know what I mean? And honestly, if you can't take yourself, if you take yourself too seriously, what that shows me is you can't look inward. You, you can't confront your own stuff. So if you can't laugh at yourself, one of the things I try to teach my kids yeah. is laugh at yourself. If you trip and fall, it's funny. Yeah. Just laugh at yourself and join in with people laughing. And and when you can't do that, it, you know, look at the dialogue. In our, well, there's really no dialogue in our country, but people are so, like, amped. They're yeah. just like, Dude, I'm just waiting for you to say the wrong thing or the certain buzzword, and then I know who you are, and then you get put in this box. Do we need to We need to get outside of that. Yeah. And so the, the whole idea of the gray of relationship is really that, so hear me when I say this, I believe in absolute truth. It's truth is black and white, but here's the paradox. We're called into the grave relationship, right? And so Jesus, it, the Bible's not this rule book. It's a story, right, of how do you be in relationship with an infinite God, this God who loves you so much, right? And, and it just tells this, this narrative of this God so you know who he is, mm -hmm. so you know who you are, and then how do I, what's the story of how we can come together and be one with God? Well, if it was just rules, then you know what? I'll follow him better than you. I'm going to make it. Yeah. Because I'm competitive, yeah, right? You, yeah. Right? So, yeah. And that's how we set up a lot of the institution. And I'm like, you miss the depth and beauty of Jesus in that. The grave relationship would be like, I absolutely believe in absolute truth. I do. 
and and we need to fight for that and we all that we're going to talk about that episode too yeah, but yeah um but as we as we move into the gray relationship I, I put it like this freddie like if my wife right my wife when uh, we used we have five children and when four of them were under five it was crazy mm-hmm. right I'd leave for work. My wife would be like, hey, don't worry. I'm going to get the dishes done of all these dishes, right? So I go to work. I come back. Dishes aren't done. Hey, the truth was she said she was going to do some dishes, right? right? Yeah. She did it. You know, there's been a a break of trust here, right? That's black and white. Well, I can can either be like that and be like, you said, no, you lied to me, and right? Okay, how's that going to go over, right? Mm. You're married. Yeah. It doesn't go over well. (laughs) Or I could walk in the door and go, oh, my gosh. House is crazy. These kids are running around half naked. They're out of control. My wife looks really tired. It looks like she's had a rough day. The gray relationship would be like, I can love my wife well. I can say, don't worry about it, honey. I get the kids, go to the room, rest. I'll take care of the dishes, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we call grace. Mm -hmm. That's different than black and white, isn't it? That's gray. But here's how where it gets crazy. If If she did that every single time, Got an issue. We have a different. We have a different issue. Yeah. We have a different way of of trying to love each other well. And that way that we love each other well is I confront with truth and we talk about it, and we engage relationally. So so then what people want in the church is they go, Tommy, my wife did this. What should I do? And I go, I don't know because yeah. I don't know you and I don't know your wife and I don't know the situation. You need context. I all that right. Yeah. So that's what I mean by like grave relationship where I'm like, dude. You, and and yet, this is what God calls us into. Right. It's not a religion on this, like, rules. Because if it was, oh, my gosh, dude, my self-righteousness would be off the chart. You know, I you mentioned something at the very beginning. And it's just like, just you said, we might lose some people. <laughs> um, you know, this whole, like, construct of just making it easy to come in. A lot of those, a lot of the reasons why maybe we fall prey to that is because we feel that our mission is to just get as many people on the bus to heaven yeah. as possible. So we want to make this onboarding, this on-ramp as easy and as fast as possible. And so we're preparing people for, for the afterlife, right? Yeah. We're preparing people for what's to come, but we're not preparing them for what's now. Oh, so good. You know, we're not teaching them. We're not walking with people. We're telling them to just follow us right. on our path to heaven. But we're not teaching people. We're not walking with them and, and stopping where they stop. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes in, as mature Christians, we want people to walk at our pace. Right. And when they struggle with things or they have the same question over and over when something happens in the world, we get disappointed that they can't keep up. And so, like, you've got a lot of urban youth workers listening right now. It's like, so what's the mission? Because you're saying like, it's, it's, you're saying we're doing a very poor job at this, but it almost seems like maybe we've made the priority to just get people on the bus, get people to, you know, know Jesus. And then, you know, like this world's gonna, this world's gonna die anyway. This world's gonna be, you know, we have this mixed theology of just understanding what this, the value of this world. And so we feel like, you know what, someday justice will prevail. Someday, there will be no tears. Someday there will be no poverty. Someday there will be no racism. And we aspire for that someday. And we're teaching people to just aspire for that one day. And the church isn't doing anything in the now. Bro, like, help me understand, you know, the issue here, that gray area, this dilemma of let's pack, you know, and sometimes it could be, you know, let's, but let's pack our churches. But at the same time, you know, let's walk with people and teach them how to think and live in the gray of relationships. Yeah, that's so good, man. I mean, it's it's one of the reasons why I love this next generation coming up because they've called us out on it. 
so it's not that they're they're not like oh we'll just go along and you know i'll just kind of status quo they've been like yeah i don't believe you guys anymore hmm. like i don't i don't think this works out the way you say it does in fact i'm going to reject that and then they and then but what stinks is then they fall for the the same old lies satan has given to us forever yeah. right and and i just go oh so what what bothers me about that is like we gave them a bootleg version of, of Christianity in the church, and then we're we're upset that they won't buy in on it. But because they're rejecting the whole thing, then they're buying this this bootleg version of life. Yeah, right. And they're not experiencing the the abundant life. So, I think a lot of it for me, the tension in all that is, we really have to express a different way of being, and that's where I mean it, we keep the bar really low. It's like. It's like, I remember, I, you know, worked with a lot of gang members and, you know, I would take them to camp and I would bring them to the Bible study. I'd buy them food, I'd right? And I remember I took a, a bunch of these guys from the neighborhood to camp. We share the gospel, we give the invitation. And I remember leading one of them to Jesus. He goes, I want to accept Christ. And I remember being like, do you though? Hmm. And, and I actually, I was like, Hey, before we do this, and I start asking oh. him all these questions because I go, I, I want you to understand it's like jumping in, getting jumped into a gang. You know what I mean? I'm like, you really give your life to this. Is this really what you want to do? Because I think we, we, yeah, like you said, we just get people on the bus, but I'm like, hey, eyes wide open. This is really hard to do. Yeah. And, and I'd rather be honest with somebody that way and go, but it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Super hard to do though. Do you are you ready to do it? And then when they go, yeah, I go, well, I'll walk with you on it. So you feel we need to just be upfront with Yeah, dude. I mean, these guys are already these young people are already fronting us. The world's already fronting us and yeah. and, and uncovering our hypocrisy. How powerful is it to go to just be proactive and go, yeah, I'm a sinner. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. Here's what I'm doing about it, though. I know it. Here's what I'm doing. Jesus has power over sin. Here's, and then I'm a witness to how God has changed my life. Right, right, right. That's beautiful, dude. Yeah. And I don't always have the answer and I mess up. But yeah. isn't that the grace of Jesus? Absolutely. Like, it, it's so weird how like we in Christian, you know, Christians, like the way we come to Christ is we admit we are wrong. And then for some reason, we never want to admit that again. We never want to confess again. Right. And for me, it's like a daily thing. I'm, I was, I'm wrong. I was wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah. The only way I can survive that is because Jesus grace that he goes, I know. Absolutely. And I love you. And, and that kind of hope, that's what I want to see these young people. And it, it just bothers me that like, this bootleg version of that. Right. So I love God's, God's, uh, strategy for all this is discipleship. Yeah. Instead yeah. of like just large gatherings, it was discipleship and discipleship's really hard and it's painful. It is, right? Yeah. I mean, think about the people you've discipled that have fallen away My or goodness. stabbed you in the back, or, right? But then also think about how I've done that to people. And that gives me grace, man. And this is what's so beautiful about Jesus. And, and yet they think it's about, yeah, I don't know. You, you, you so. said that like, you know, this generation has called us out and they're rejecting. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that now the institution is... Uh, making a villain out of secular, you know, propaganda and political right. rhetoric. And so then the church, instead of going after, instead of fixing their, instead of doing what you just said and confessing yeah. and saying, yes, 
We need Christ daily. We need to practice confession daily. We've dropped the ball on this issue, this issue, this issue, and this issue. Like, let's do this together. Instead of going after the loss or those that have walked away, what we do is we take political stances and we make enemies out of issues and rhetoric. And so why do you think it's so easy for the church to fall into that trap? And I would say maybe the follow-up to that would be, what would it look like for the church, the institution, to abandon a, a political position? Yeah. Rhetoric, to just forfeit that and say, hey, we're just going to go after those that have rejected us because of our mess, admit our mess, confess it. What, what, what do you think about those two things, man? So I honestly, yeah, to, like, to answer our top question, right? It's like, how, how do we, you know, what would it cost the church to abandon that left and right piece, right? What you're talking about? It, and it costs power. And that's what I actually think is stopping so much of, of what we're trying to do. Jesus really is like, from, it's, a, it's a group of marginalized people. It's from the margins. And so whenever you go from the margins and you, you have a power base, and then the idea is not to see the kingdom advance, but to hold on to your power, then you got a lot of problems because now I've got to protect it. Oh, yeah, man. And now I've got to like, I've, and, and when, when a sinner comes through, now they're messing up my plan, I got to boot them to the side. When, when somebody asks a question I don't know, that's a threat to my power instead of an invitation to grow more with, into Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Or an invitation to like, man, I don't know. I'd like to go figure that out. You're right. I, you know, so there's this invitation that God's doing, but because of, I think, power structures and, and, this idea of like, I find my identity in either the left or the right or whatever the, the theology, you know, you also have conservative and progressive within the, with the body of Christ. Right. And, and we, we hold on to this stuff. And that's where when I talk about the radical piece, I'm like, man, forget all that stuff, dude. I want to I'd rather have a conversation about you uh, with you about like, OK, but Jesus, Jesus says this or Jesus did this. How do we? How does that play out now in 2022? What does that look like for me and my neighbor? How does that work out with this issue I'm having with my wife? How does that look like in raising my children? How does that look like for me being diligent in my job? How does it like, like that's the conversation? And yet the conversation I hear all the time is like, dude, uh, CRT, yeah, you are, do you? You're not with that, are you? Right. Or are you know or whatever it is or yeah. how Why do we have to take a stance on things right well i mean i think i'm okay with taking stances on stuff but i'm what bothers me though is that's the line you want to draw on the sand that that has I, i'm like okay you can have an opinion on that or whatever yeah. but help me understand how this is going to help it's going to 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 glorify god how is this going and advance the kingdom how does this actually play out in your life right does it does it grow relationships or or does it divide them right and there's a lot of work to do in that right and that that's what this space is for um that's what i'm hoping you and i can do this season is just is be a starting place for people to start to have dialogue so for those of you guys listening out there to to go hey man i heard these guys talking about this have those conversations right. with your friends that right. think different than you. Right. Like, that's where that has to happen. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the episodes that are coming up as we're wrapping this one. I think yeah. that maybe the, the aim here is that we would just be more, we would self-reflect because you're bringing this up. And as a person who works in ministry, is a pastor, just 
I think you just bring you're bringing up this idea of like what is our aim, what is our goal, what is our purpose, um, bro. Like you you said one thing, and I just think that I just feel like we need to really think about this. This whole idea of like being in the gray of relationships. Yeah. Um, that's hard, Tommy. Yeah, and you're asking people to just and I, I like that takes investment of time, energy, emotion. Um, and I just think that sometimes we're not willing to pay that price. We say we love people. We say we care about their souls. We, we say we care about their well-being. But then we're not willing to walk with them and, and, and sit for a minute in the gray of relationships. Tommy, I just feel like, yeah. you know, what is something, what is, what is a hope here? Because we look at the institution of church and people are walking away, yeah. disappointed, just disappointed. What is the hope here? What is something that we could say, you know what, we're going to hang on this. And as we continue to further this conversation in the upcoming episodes, what is something that we could say, this is going to be our anchor of hope for the, you know, for the upcoming time? Well, I mean, it's just like kind of the vision of what the church could be. You know what I mean? Like, I think about all these young people and they're like, you, you know what we want? We want justice. I'm like, oh, yeah. Do we want to take care of the vulnerable? I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty great. We want to take care of the earth. I'm like, yeah, you should do that. And like, they love all these things and they're like, we want to see, you know, a better world. And I'm like, uh, that all sounds like the gospel to me. Yeah. And so how can I embody that type of person? And you can't, I, I fully believe through scripture, you can't do it without Christ. John 15. You can do nothing apart from me. So I'm like, you know, everyone wants to change the world, but no one wants to change themselves, mm. right? So when I look at that, I just go, and Jesus has given me power over sin, over my own hypocrisy, over all my own junk. When I work on that and I go, okay, I'm gonna do that. And how do we do that? We do that by joining in with what God's doing in the world. I'm being on mission. And so when you start doing that and you're more kind and you have all the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness, you have all those and you're living that out with your family and your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers and, and that's what, because you're on mission with God and you want to yeah. glorify him. Like that starts a movement Yeah. and yeah, it is yeah, hard, yeah. but yeah. I'm here to say it's worth mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's really kind of the, the hope that I land on. Yeah. Bro, thank you so much for sharing that because it gives me encouragement that there are conversations that we can engage in. Absolutely. And it also allows me to just look forward to the rest of the conversations that we are going to have in the upcoming episodes of the podcast. So I encourage everyone to not miss an episode. Peace.